Christmas songs were really brilliantly and aptly chosen this morning. Did you know? Okay, thank God I said it's prophetic. Um, one of those songs was one that he'd written. Did you know that? Psalm 3, he based it on. I'm just going to read it to you. It's not a long one. Oh Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying to me, God will not deliver him. But you are a shield around me, oh Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. To the Lord I cry aloud and he answers me from his holy hill. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. That might describe some of us who have to go to work early. I will not fear that tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. Arise, O Lord, deliver me, O my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth of the wicked. Here's the last verse, but isn't it powerful? From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessings be on your people. Oh, they are. I love that song. And I often find myself in the loo, in the loo at work thinking, from the Lord comes deliverance. <laughs> Just about know that. <laughs> it does often. Oh, right. oh. <laughs> Tristan, I was just saying, <laughs> sometimes at my workplace, I go into the loo, you know, as you do, um, but I'm often found singing, from the Lord comes deliverance. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Witnessing to your Christian faith in the secular workplace. Today I want us to think and discuss. We're going interactive today. Um, about that challenge. The secular, non-Christian workplace where most of us actually who do work, work. I don't want to preach at you too much this morning because I don't know about your workplaces or the particular challenges for you in your workplace. Um, I hope many of you will, will just chip in and share a bit about the, perhaps the challenges of your workplace, perhaps how you get through it, how you get up in the morning to get there. I know that not all of us here can go out to work. Some of us don't have the health or the freedom to go to work, but of course your light can shine. <coughs> your light can still shine wherever you are and whatever you do. You can have a cheerfulness and a loveliness to you, perhaps a gratitude that affects others, and perhaps you don't know that it will. I'm always very blessed by Maureen when she worships. I often see Maureen up here with her hands. I just think that's absolutely fabulous. Thank you, Maureen. Jesus treasures and loves us for who we are, not for what we might be able to do or, or not do as a job. He loves us as we are. He chooses us anyway. Those of us, though, who are blessed to be able to work will be spending a good deal of our life at that work, won't we, at that workplace or in that setting. Consider what different workplaces are represented here. Um, perhaps you're in an office, 
busy office, maybe you work outdoors, um, do you work on the telephone all day, do you care for people in a busy, bustling hospital or in a care home, do you work with children or around vulnerable adults, are you on the road a lot, do you earn money as a driver, do you manage lots of people, or do you do your essential part in keeping a workplace clean? Maybe you're retired. Maybe you've done years of hard work and getting up early. Um, I really want to welcome you to take part in this discussion today if you've been retired because you'll have a lot of wisdom to share with us. Most of us work, of course, to earn a wage. That's why we do it, most of us. Um, perhaps if you are a volunteer, uh, you're there to help out. But aren't we really put in our job, wherever we are, whatever we do, for God? Aren't we put there by God, really? And therefore, what are we doing there for God? Is God relevant to our work? Or is he re only relevant on a Sunday for us? Does he get mentioned at work? Probably does, but in the wrong way. I want to look at this first startling phrase from Jesus, from Jesus' mouth, in the Sermon on the Mount, but you've got it up there. Me, can you see that one? You are the light of the world. You are, and he's talking to us as his disciples and as his followers. This is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, isn't it? You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now look at that first sentence. You, says Jesus, are the light of the world. That's not one of those throwaway comments. He says it, he delivers it as a statement of fact. You are the light of the world. Now we're much more comfortable in our churches, aren't we, saying to Jesus, no, you're the light of the world, Jesus. Light of the world. We sing worship songs to him, the light of the world. He is our light. But he's turned the tables on us. He's saying, no, you, you are the light of the world. In our brokenness, in our weaknesses, with our mistakes that work sometimes that we make, how can we be the light of the world? Well, we can't argue with Jesus. That's what he said. What do you think he means by that? Should we go interactive now? What do you think Jesus means? You are the light of the world. Are we God's gift to the world? Probably not. But what do you mean? What does he mean, sorry, by you are the light of the world? Any ideas? Throw them out. You're his light. Sorry? You're his light. His light. Yeah. Mm. Sorry? Ambassadors. Your ambassadors. Mm. Roy. 
Lord, bang on there. We are reflecting him. We are his light. We bring his light, perhaps, or we should, into our workplaces. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about my job, straight back, first off. Um, particularly about my interview for my, my job right now. I now work as a referrals coordinator for the children's occupational therapy team, the OT team, um, based at Torbay Hospital Annex. We obviously uh, do all the OT for all the children in Torbay and a lot of South Devon. I was at quite a low ebb when I was um, amazingly encouraged to go for this job. I was just an NHS bank admin worker at Torbay Hospital. Um, I didn't have a lot of confidence at it. I wasn't very good at it, but made loads of mistakes. And I had to really learn fast. Um, so my self-confidence wasn't brilliant at that point. But anyway, at someone's encouragement, I went for it. And I was incredibly pleased when I was actually asked to come for an interview. But the timing was rubbish for me. Uh, you may remember, just before that interview, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was told I had to have breast surgery, chemo, and radiotherapy, and that was all a bit scary. And that was just before this interview was going to happen. So I phoned the lady in charge of uh, the recruiting process, and I said, I'm so sorry, I'm going to have to withdraw from this uh, interview because I've had this horrible diagnosis. Well, a few days later, she phoned me back and said, well, actually, we're not going to do the interviews yet. They were going to leave it for four months. So, <laughs> I, to be honest, I still stuck it um, away. I didn't really expect to get it. Um, she said, see how you feel in March. Well, March eventually came round. I'd had breast surgery. Um, I did have a few complications with that. It was difficult. Um, I declined chemotherapy um, at the doctor's advice, actually. But I had had radiotherapy. But on the very day that the interviews for this job were coming up, I was told I had to have another biopsy. And so I thought, oh, further again, and just uh, really sorry, it's not good timing for me, I'm going to have to withdraw. Um, <clears throat> but I said, well, she said, well, how about coming later in the day? Because biopsies aren't so bad. And uh, she was right, actually. <laughs> I had an early biopsy. And by 12 o'clock, I wasn't feeling so bad. I'd had some pethidin. Sorry, I get so But pethidin relaxes you, right? <laughs> and it relaxed my tongue. And um, amazingly, I just, I just went in there. I thought, well, there's nothing for me to lose. <laughs> I'll just go for it. And... Um, at the very last question that I had um, was, what would give you uh, strength to get through this job if you had it? Well, what a gift that was. What a gift for the gospel was that. So I rabbited on about Jesus. <laughs> Remember the pethidin? And I also told him all about my brilliant church in Totnes that yes. prayed for me. And um, even had a meeting for that. Thank you so much, you guys. And I just went for that one. And amazingly, I was offered the job. And uh, a few weeks later, a couple of months later, 
one of the ladies who'd been on the interview panel um, said that was, it was really obvious. Actually, we, we, um, we were going to offer it to one of the other ladies because she'd been a referrals coordinator for years in the NHS, somewhere else. And she would have done. But actually, when you came in, it seemed like the light went on. And she said, particularly that last question, you were interested there. She said, you were quite fruity. <laughs> so, yeah. Praise God, I've got that job. And um, I've got to tell you, I've loved every day of it since I still love it. So, we are the light of the world, it seems. But can we verbally be witnessing to our faith? at our workplace. For some of you, your workplaces might be a little bit more hostile than others. I don't know. A lot of workplaces now are very sophisticated, um, full of regulations, full of etiquette, aren't they? Um, a lot of our workplaces now, certainly in the NHS where I work, um, they're full of uh, honouring equality, and diversity. Remember those two? They seem so insisted on those two, equality and diversity. Oh, not to be fair. <laughs> that they're not worshipped, but kind of <laughs> honoured more than anything or anybody else. It's like tolerance becomes the God. And I found it quite difficult to debate morality in my workplace. Because it's like, it's like whatever. <laughs> whatever, you know. And they're not that interested. They're certainly not interested in uh, religion or, or faith of any sort. They don't want that sort of discussion, you know. I'm not for that, but they're not. <laughs> so listen, how? How can we witness to our faith in work? How have you done it? in your work? Have any of you had a go? Or is there a different way to witness to our faith in the workplace? Have you got a roving mic anywhere? Can you, can you rove around? You can rove? <laughs> Does somebody want to just make comments about either their particular workplace or what works best for us as Christians? What doesn't work? Good. 
Is it Jim? Jim. Jim, yeah. <laughs> we love you, Ed. All right. Certainly doesn't build people up, does it? 
we need to avoid it as Nicolaites, not just Nicolaites. Hmm, any other advice, perhaps from any of our retired people? Pauline, mm. we got the closing line. I used to work for the Devon County Council on Adult Social Care and retired recently. Um, one of the things I used to find most powerful, not only with colleagues but also with clients, is to share your story. Yeah. Mm. Um, your story, your journey is most powerful for being involved. Mm. And often when I was taking colleagues up the M5 to meetings and things, we would we'd have them in your car and we'd got them there. <laughs>
yes, um, we mustn't be afraid of speaking reality with people. That's right. We must uh, allow them. We must listen as well. We must listen really hard, like Keith was saying. Listen to them, and um, when people feel listened to, they will come again yeah. and again and again to you. James, I, I work uh, mostly by myself, um, but uh, on a daily basis, I interact with builders, merchants, or um, uh, and customers, the other people, um, and um, the first question. Without complaint, I think not complaining is a big blessing, isn't it, in a world, especially in a workplace, especially for our bosses, probably. Um, or maybe if you're the boss, if you have a worker who doesn't complain and just does what they're supposed to do, I think that's a blessing for them as well, isn't it? Hmm, I've got another scripture, Anne, if you can find that one for me. It's similar, but that's a bit. Also, Ephesians, Ephesians 5. Among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. That last word at the end there seems so different from everything in the list, doesn't it? Um, gratitude is big. Isn't it for the for the workplace? Gratitude is powerful. Um, obscenity. Anybody get any of that in their workplace? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yes. Yeah. Um, I remember starting a, a dreadful job. <laughs> it was um, it was advertised as working for a law firm, and I thought, well, that sounds nice. Sounds fairly reputable. When I got there, I soon realised. It was selling, it was a will writing firm, and you had to phone people up and persuade them to have a will done. And, um, oh gosh, the team that worked there, oh my goodness, they came out with some absurdity. Their favourite thing on the Monday, Tuesday morning was talking about how they'd got completely plastered over the weekend. You can, you can imagine, you know all about it. Um, a few of you are nodding your head there. And... Um, and of course they turned to me, and a bit like Tristan, they said, so what did you do in the weekend? Um, I said, oh, I, I led worship in my church. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, the face that this guy next to me, who asked me the question, it was like, 
It was, it was quite hostile. And then immediately he brought out this massive list of why nobody should have any religion. Because religion destroys the world and, you know, <laughs> destroys everything centuries and he threw it all at me. It was quite a ferocious attack, quite a ferocious attack. Um, and I, I think I just said, oh, okay. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't, I didn't get provoked. I didn't want to uh, get into an argy-bargy with him. Um, I just let it be. And actually a few months later, I worked there actually for about a year because we needed the money. Um, and uh, he realised after a while that I wasn't a pushy Christian. I wasn't going to, you know, um, aggravate him to his distraction like he was expecting me to. Um, and I, I didn't go for that. And um, <laughs> one of the things in that job that I brought, I suppose, to, to that place was that um, there were times when we were all on the flipping phone all day um, and it just got very boring after a while. Um, many people were very good at the job. I have to say I was very average, but many people were very, very good at getting these poor people persuaded to, to have wills done. Um, and, um, but, uh, but there was a lot of boredom. And so the boss, who was brilliant actually, um, said, what should we do? Let's have half an hour every day and do something completely different. What should we do? And I said, well, let's do some quizzes. Let's write, I'll write a quiz for next week, okay? So I did this. And then <laughs> we did some other silly games, like, you know, um, town and country. Do you know that game where you make a list of categories and you say, you have to choose a, a letter and you go down the list and name, you know, something being with A or all the different categories. Anyway, <laughs> I've got to say, it really cleaned up the workplace. <laughs> It cleaned it up for about half an hour, and uh, it, it was daft. It was fun, and everybody laughed together, and they really came to look forward to it. And um, when I left, they said, oh, no, <laughs> what are we going to do now? <laughs> Bring some creativity sometimes into our workplace. Clean it up with something different, something opposite. Ask God to make you be creative, allow you to be creative. I think another thing that we need to do is fall in love with encouraging others in our workplace. Have you tried that? I know some of you do that. Do it on the quiet. You can be very surreptitious with it. <laughs> Just a little note here or a little email there. We don't have to be gushing with it. Just gentle and encouraging. I think also, Christians, we need to soak in the love of Jesus, firstly for ourselves, because there'll be days when we have rubbish friends at work, won't there? When things just don't work, you know, we try this and we try that, and it just doesn't seem to, to happen, or we, <coughs> we just get into scrapes at work for some reason, we have bad phone calls or bad discussions or whatever it is, and it's a hard day. Soak in the love of Jesus for those days. Don't forget. He is there for us. He is underneath us. He holds us. He loves us, whatever mistakes we make. The other reason why we must soak in Jesus is to have a calm serenity around us, a kind of an aura, if you like. Um, when things do go wrong at work, and the 
particularly, they'll go wrong for our colleagues. They will. Their lives can be chaotic, can't they? You might think of one or two people who you know whose lives are quite chaotic. They might be brilliant people, but their lives are difficult. We need to offer those a calm peace in our lives around us that we can give to them, that we can share with them, we can listen to them. And we don't grumble, we don't complain or gossip. I think a sense of humour really helps at work, doesn't it? Um, ask Jesus to make you laugh and kindly make others laugh too. Don't be nasty in your jokes. Be good, but make, us, make, make your workplace laugh. We are the light of the world. We have the hope. We have joy. We have a peace. We carry that with us. Let it speak through, not our mouths, but our behaviours and our kindnesses and our encouragements. Regularly worshipping at work. Might be all silent. You might have a sneaky worship song on your mobile that you can put on occasionally. Worship him. Sometimes just a song is good quickly to read. You are busy in the morning, I know, many of you. Um, when do you get up? Anybody ever get up really early? Any really early ones? Emily, when do you get up? Six. Six. Anyone earlier than that? Half five. Who's that? Pete? Oh, Pete, bless you. Half five. Oh. That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone do night shifts? Yeah, Denise, you're a night shift you're a taxi driver, Denise. Oh, bless you. You meet a lot of people, Denise, eh? Yeah. Yeah. What an opportunity. <laughs> night shifts. I know Jean's done a lot of night shifts in his life. Barry, have you done night shifts? They can be lonely, can't they? Can be hard and long, dark. <laughs> Though there are some benefits. The roads are free. Uh, John says it's the safest time to drive around in the night, of course. Um, and um, how about those of us who are carers for others, whether that's children or, or adults or very sick people? Um, there's an opportunity for prayer and intercession. I know Jean used to pray for people who were at the end of life quite often. He would pray them into Jesus' arms sometimes. And um, I find myself envying him in those times. Uh, but Pray for those who are suffering. Pray for those who are hurting and are lonely. There's a world full of those, aren't there? We must carry his light. We believe in him so we can carry it. Have confidence in Jesus. Have confidence in that light. We are the light of the world. We're in the world, those of us who go to work. We are right bang in that world, aren't we? God is using us powerfully in our workplaces. <coughs> Accept that. Be excited about your God in your workplace. Speak of him if you can. If you can't, just worship him. <coughs> so go to work for God. Shall we pray together?
Father God, I thank you that you are with us. And that's why you said, you are the light of the world. And light should not be hidden. It is to shine. It is to be out there. It is to glow so that others can come to worship you, Father. Help us to shine, Lord. Perhaps quietly. Perhaps through our behavior. Perhaps through our encouragement or our peace. Help it to shine in the workplace that we, we're at. Fill us with your Holy Spirit now, Lord. Fill us with your light. Help us to spread your joy and your message. Maybe with words, maybe without. <coughs> Guide us, Lord, as we go to work this coming week. Help us to be there for you. <coughs> with you and shine.